invite you, if you will, to take your Bibles and open them to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 this morning, as you can see by the table down front here that we are observing the Lord's Supper. And for many of you, the supper is nothing new. Like myself, you have participated in this special spiritual event many times over the years. As a young boy, I can remember sitting in church and watching everyone partake of the Lord's Supper and um, thinking, man, I wish I could reach in and get some of that bread out of that plate or I could take some of that juice from that cup. I could drink from that cup and I'd watch my mom and dad as they would partake and I would sit there along with my brothers and my sister before we became believers. Um, and we would watch them, everyone around us, partake of the supper and wonder why we couldn't do as well. And my parents explained to us that it, the Lord's Supper was only for Christians. It's only for believers. It's only for those who have um, uh, put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died on the cross uh, that we might be saved from our sins. And um, uh, when you ask him into your heart, to be your Savior and Lord, then you um, uh, are qualified according to Scripture to partake of the supper. I can remember my excitement the first time I ever got to participate after becoming a Christian. It was truly special. And, and as a pastor, I have stood here behind this table and I have looked out over this congregation and seen children who got saved in vacation Bible school or some other time or seen adults um, uh, who came to know Christ later in life and are participating in the Lord's Supper for the first time. And you can just see that there is something different about them and, and being able to take the supper, participate in the supper for the first time. Some of you this morning may be a new Christian and you're not clear on why we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Maybe, maybe you've been a Christian for many years and, and you're cert, still not quite certain why it is that we observe the Lord's Supper. You don't really understand its meaning. And this morning, my intent before we in, uh, engage in this uh, supper in just a bit is I want to help you to see from God's word why we celebrate the Lord's Supper. And let me start by saying the Lord's Supper is just as important today as it ever has been. Okay? Um, in Jesus' day, each Jewish family would bring a lamb to the temple. That lamb would be slain by the priest and then the meat would be cooked by the family for the Passover feast. The sacrifice of that lamb reenacted the, the deliverance of God's chosen people from bondage in Egypt. When Jesus came along, he gave the Passover feast a different interpretation. 
what Moses had prophesied by the slaying of the lamb, the Passover lamb, and the uh, application of the blood over the doorpost of the Jewish family's homes um, was now getting ready to be played out right in front of their eyes. You see, Jesus was the Passover lamb. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. The blood on the doorpost of the Jews' houses in Egypt um, that protected them from physical death was a symbol of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which covers all believers and protects them from spiritual death. So what is the significance to the Lord's Supper for today? That's the question that we want to answer. Um, now, <clears throat> what I want you to understand, what I want you to take away from the message is that it's important to know why we observe the Lord's Supper. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul speaks about the supper and he explains its meaning and gives three reasons why it's important that we observe it. First of all, I want you to see the Lord's Supper is a time for commemoration. Now look there in your Bible in 1 Corinthians 11 in verses 23 through 25. Look what Paul says here. He said, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Now look at this phrase. Do this, here it is, in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Now note that word remembrance or remember. When we celebrate the supper, we are expressing our love for the Lord Jesus Christ because we remember what it is that Jesus has done for us. Uh, friend, we're to remember the high cost of salvation. We're also to remember where we were and the condition we were in before conversion. Some of you can remember what your life was like. You know how empty you felt, how your life felt meaningless, um, uh, that uh, maybe there was guilt, maybe there was shame from past sins and uh, past uh, lifestyle choices. And you knew that you were not where you needed to be. You knew that there was this separation between you and God. And you wanted so much for that right relationship with the Lord, but you didn't know exactly what it would take in order to experience that connection, that fellowship, that intimacy with the Lord. And someone came along, maybe it was a family member, a parent, a grandparent, or maybe it was a close friend. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. Or maybe it was sitting in a service like this and listening to your pastor preach the word of God. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit began to speak to your heart through the truth of God's word. 
and you recognized your sinfulness, but you understood that God loved you in spite of your sin. And in the spite of the fact that you had done things that you were ashamed of, things that you felt guilty about, things that you knew were wrong, you were hearing that God still loved you and that God in his grace and his mercy had provided a way by which your sins could be forgiven, the slate could be wiped clean, everything washed away by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The fact that God loved you enough, he sent his son, the Lord Jesus, to die on the cross so that your sins and my sins could be washed away, could be wiped away. And all of a sudden you realized that what you couldn't do for yourself, because the Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. There is no one who is good, no one who deserves God's great, God's goodness, God's righteousness. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. But you realize for the first time that there wasn't anything you had to do. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And you in faith, you didn't understand it all. You didn't know everything that was being said. You didn't know everything there was about salvation, but you knew enough to know that God loved you and God wanted to, uh, you to understand that you could be saved from your sins if you would just look to the Lord Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. And friend, the Lord's Supper is a reminder for us to never quit looking, to never lose sight. You remember the first time you ever looked at the cross personally and you understood it for what it truly meant? That Jesus, the Son of God, left the glories of heaven, came to this earth, lived a perfect life, went to that cross, not because of any sin or guilt or shame that he was responsible for but he did it out of love for you and me he gave his life that your sins and my sins might be forgiven paul says do this in remembrance of me jesus said this is my body which is for you do this as often as you can do this in remembrance of me. So when we look at these elements and we look at this bread and we partake of the bread and we partake of the cup, we're reminded of the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we remember that it was in love that Jesus died, that my sins might be forgiven. Don't ever lose the freshness of that. Don't ever let Satan get you distracted from the real meaning of Jesus' death and his resurrection. He did it so that sinners like us could be saved from our sins and we could know God's love and forgiveness and have the hope and the assurance that one day when this life is over, we will spend eternity with God in heaven. Do this in remembrance 
of me. The Lord's Supper is a time of commemoration, a time to remember where we were, time to remember what Jesus did for us, and a time to always look back and reflect on that moment. Secondly, I want you to see the Lord's Supper is a time for anticipation. Look in verse 26. Jesus said, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Listen, every time we take the Lord's Supper, we are testifying to the fact that one day Jesus is coming back to this earth. And don't you wish it were today? Jesus is coming back. And he's going to set up his eternal kingdom where all believers will take part. Friend, we look back at his death. We look forward in anticipation to his coming. And the supper is a link between the two comings of Christ, between his first coming and between his second coming. It's a picture of his first coming and death. And it's a promise of his second coming and victory. It looks backward to the cross. It looks forward to the cloud. And every day you ought to get up looking towards the east and thinking it could be today. It could be today that I look up and I see the Lord Jesus riding on the clouds in the east, coming back for his church and coming to set up his kingdom. At night, Dr. Horatius Bonner retired to for bed and before his last act, before he would go to bed, he would pull back the curtains in the window there in his bedroom and he would look out at the night sky. He would look up and he would say, perhaps tonight, Lord, Perhaps tonight, Lord, he'd get a good night's rest. First thing in the morning, he'd wake up. He'd pull those curtains back. He'd look out at the gray dawn and he would say, perhaps today, Lord, perhaps today. He lived every day in anticipation of Christ's return. When's the last time you really thought about the fact that today could be the day that Jesus comes back? You see, I th I'm afraid that what has happened to many of us, we've become so comfortable down here in this world that we're not really anticipating his coming again like we should. We ought to live every day anticipating the fact that Jesus is coming back and it may be today. It could be before we're even through it with this service. Friend, <clears throat> as we look around this morning, we see a world in conflict. We, we see a world that is full of sin and darkness. But as we come to the Lord's table, we can be joyous. We can be hopeful because we know that Jesus is coming back soon and he will take us out of this evil world to a far better place. Listen, I want to say something to you this morning from a, a, a pastor with a shepherd's heart for his congregation. I understand. I know that there are some things, there are some circumstances that some of you are dealing with that are beyond uh, understanding. I get it. Uh, you, some of you are dealing with relational problems in your marriage. Some of you are dealing with serious health problems. Some of you are stressed because you're not certain about your job security. And uh, there, some of you are dealing with rebellious children. I get that. I understand that circumstances are not all the way they should be or the way that we would hope they would be. But can I just try to encourage you this morning?
regardless of the circumstances of your life and mine, regardless of what you are going through, um, uh, we know, we have the hope and the assurance that this life is not all there is, that there is coming another life, a better life. And it may be that it's coming sooner than we think, but it is and will be a better life. For the Christian, there is the certainty that no matter how bad life gets, no matter how terrible the circumstances may be surrounding my life today, I know that I have hope and I have the assurance that Jesus promised he left this earth saying, I am going to prepare a place for you and where I'm going, I am coming back so that I can take you to be there with me. And that will be a far better place than this earth ever was. And so when we come to the Lord's Supper, it's a time for us to look forward with anticipation for Jesus's return back to this earth. So whatever you may be going through today, and again, I don't want to make light of it, but I do want to encourage you. Don't let your circumstances defeat you. Don't let your circumstances so discourage and depress you that you walk around in utter defeat. Keep, as my friend Dave Thomas X, mama used to say, keep your chin up. Keep your chin up and keep looking up. Keep looking up. Because he is coming back. And it may be sooner than you and I think. Don't ever lose hope in that truth. The supper is a time for anticipation. Finally, I want you to see the Lord's Supper is a time for examination. Now, look in verse 27 through 29. Paul says, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That word examine means to prove or to qualify. In other words, before you take the Lord's Supper, you need to assess your life and to make sure that you're qualified to partake of the supper. There are two things that qualify a person to take, partake of this supper. And it's very important that you understand these things. First, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? That's the first qualifier. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? In other words, parents, as much as your child may beg you to have that piece of bread or that cup, please do not give in to them and give it to them. Because what you're doing is you're saying that anybody can take of this supper but it's not true. Only those who know Christ can take of the supper. The second thing is you must confess and come clean with any sin in your life. Now, this applies to all of us as Christians. As to the second qualification, Paul says, look in verse 30. This is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. But notice what he says in verse 31. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged we should do it as the disciples did at the first supper when they said, Lord, is it I? When he said, one of you will betray me. And they said, Lord, is it I? 
In answer to his indictment that one of them would betray him, they said, Lord, is it I? What is the Holy Spirit saying to us this morning? As we come to prepare our hearts before the Lord, before this table, what is the Holy Spirit asking us to admit to, to confess to? Friend, it's important to understand what Paul is saying here. The purpose of the Lord's Supper is to help believers to get right with God. You can't hold on to sin in your life. You can't hold on to a wrong attitude. You can't hold on to sinful behavior and still expect to partake of the supper and God just look over it as if it's not a big deal. This is a serious matter for everyone who partakes of it. Let me encourage you right now. Let me just ask you to just quietly bow your head. I want you to just bow your head all across this room. I've done this myself this morning. I, I, I just believe it is so important. It's not my business. It's not the person beside you's business. It's not your family's business. This is between you and God. Is there anything right now that you've not confessed before the Lord that you need to come clean about? That you need to just say, God, I know I did this. I said this the other day. I know I shouldn't have said it. Lord, I felt this way about that person. Lord, I did that. I, I felt so foolish afterwards. But Lord, I know that I've not yet confess that and I've not asked for forgiveness and Lord today I, I know I just need to do that this supper is a reminder to me that when Jesus died on the cross he died to take away my sins and part of my sins was that attitude that action that I did just recently that I have not confessed Lord would you forgive me for that Father I prayed that prayer for all of us that your Holy Spirit would in a loving way convict us of anything right now that would interrupt our fellowship with you. And Lord, we thank you that as your, as your word says, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And for that, we are so grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, when a Christian refuses to take the Lord's Supper, they are saying, I refuse to examine myself. I refuse to repent of my sins. See, the Lord's Supper tells us to assess our lives to see if we are right with God. Are you here this morning without Jesus Christ? Maybe you've never taken that step, that initial step of faith, and ask Jesus to come into your heart to be your Savior and Lord. That's the first qualifier. The second, is there anything as a believer that is standing between me and God? Recently, I read about a tragic accident that occurred in the Grand Canyon a few years ago. 
A father was playing around with his family as they were taking pictures and looking out at the canyon. And um, the father, a jokester, um, uh, made like he was falling over the edge. His intention was to jump over the ledge, <clears throat> the edge, and to land on a ledge, which was only about six feet below where they were standing. But tragically, the father missed the ledge and fell 600 feet to his death. Friend, listen to me carefully this morning. If you're here this morning without Jesus Christ, you are standing on the edge looking out into eternity. And you are gambling with your soul. Where you will land one day when you depart this world is a place the Bible calls hell. A place of eternal punishment. A place of eternal spiritual death. And the Bible says if we depart this life without the Lord Jesus Christ in our heart, we are headed for an imminent hell. Separated from all, for all eternity from God. Don't gamble with your soul. Don't guess about eternity. Receive Jesus today and make it certain that regardless of what life, what lies ahead for you in life, you can have the certainty, the hope, the assurance that when you die, you will spend eternity with heaven. You can do that by praying a simple prayer. God, I know that I have sinned against you. God, I know that if I were to die today in my sins without Christ, I would spend eternity separated from you forever. But God, I believe your word when it says that you love this world so much that you've sent your son to die for me on the cross. And because of your love and what Jesus did for me, I ask Jesus to come into my heart to be my Savior and my Lord. And if you would pray something like that and you're sincere about it, I can assure you God will forgive you right now today. And you will never have to look back and wonder whether you're a Christian or not and what your hope and your future is. You know, in closing, let me just say this. Today, some churches have done away with the Lord's Supper. For one reason or another, it's not a part of their morning worship. They offer the supper as an option. Maybe you can do it in a room off side of the congregation um, or at some other time, maybe, you know, um, in a smaller uh, group setting. And the reason is, they say, is they want to appeal to the seeker crowd. The believe, they believe the supper dwells so much on death and hell and punishment and sin and shame and guilt that they don't want to upset people because of what the supper represents. However, 
Can I just say this? The Lord's Supper is not just a ritual that we add to our worship service. It is central to everything that we do as a church. It is central. Can I just say? The Supper, if we had time, and if we were doing what we should be doing, in my opinion, we ought to be doing this every Sunday. Because it's a reminder to us to never lose sight of why it is we're here in the first place. And that is to remember what Jesus did. To anticipate his soon coming again. And to examine our own hearts to make sure that we are right with God. Pray with me.